High Top Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Justin Higginbottom. This is your news for Monday, November 14th. Preliminary election results show Curtis Yanito will be the new Navajo Nation Council delegate representing the Utah Strip. That includes Mexican Water, Anith, and Red Mesa chapters. Yanito is the Mexican Water Chapter House president and a former grazing official. He says there's a lot of issues in the area, but one big topic that stands out. Well, the main thing is the, the water rights, the use of water rights. And, you know, like the, the chapters, all seven chapters in Utah, they're not ready for it. How to use it and how much water that needs to be adjudicated into their communities. After nearly two decades of negotiations, a settlement with the federal government recognized the Navajo Nation's right to 81,500 acre-feet of water from the San Juan River each year. Yanido says it will be difficult to determine where that water goes, especially if the region wants to increase development. He thinks water allocation can be too centralized on the Navajo Nation. They do it backwards. They just pass things over there at the chambers, you know, un transparently. And then once they agree on it, they'll, they'll give it to the public. And they'll say, give it to the public, see what they say. And then the, when, once they do a public hearing, you know, this public hearing doesn't mean anything because it's already passed over there in the chambers. He'd like water decisions made from the bottom up, with communities determining water use. He also says there's the issue of groundwater contamination in the region. What you really need to solve these issues is a water filtration and they're expensive and that's the only way that we can collect fresh water for our for drinking and for growing food the bipartisan infrastructure law will provide over 210 million dollars in federal funding for water projects on the reservation Utah will kick in another $8 million. But determining where that money is spent could be as challenging as deciding where the water flows. November 11th was Veterans Day, a federal holiday set aside to honor military veterans of the United States Armed Forces. Many combat veterans still struggle with the trauma of their war experiences. There's a large sculpture project taking shape in Boulder County, Colorado, that is helping veterans heal through art. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KGNU Sam Fuqua reports. That's it. Nail it. Yeah, put it right in there. That's it. Sculptor Robert Bellows is in his yard, cheering on a newcomer who's learning how to pound out a metal feather on an anvil. (laughs) This is eighth-inch steel we're making a uh, tail feather out of, and there will be, hmm, gosh... Probably a thousand or fifteen hundred of these feathers on there. It's going to be a lot of feathers. The feathers will be welded onto a metal phoenix that's rising almost twenty feet up here next to the anvil. The phoenix is facing an equally large metal dragon standing a few feet away with wings spread wide. This is the Warrior Storyfield project. Veteran Bob Lacey describes the scene. What we have is really three sculptures. One is a dragon, which is the war narrative, the war experience, and a phoenix bird, uh, which is the transformation. And then the space in between is really the most important part. Lacey was a combat medic with the 4th Infantry in the Vietnam War. To him, 
That space between the dragon and the phoenix represents a difficult decision veterans have to make when they return home. There's a choice to be made there, and the choice is, do I continue to let the war narrative control my life, or do I take the risk to move towards the transformation and the unknown? Lacey says it took him over 40 years to come to terms with that choice. I think one of the things that is most difficult for people to understand, even the veteran and the families, is that war changes us. And when we come home, the person who went to war is not the person who comes home. That person is gone. And understanding that fundamental change is the most difficult part for the veteran and the society. Artist Robert Bellows is about the same age as Bob Lacey, but he did not serve in Vietnam. The draft system at the time was a lottery, and those with low numbers were drafted first. Bellows got a high number. And at that time, I kind of just shut myself off from anything to do with war. It was kind of like, you know, phew, I don't have to do that. And like so many civilians, I no longer paid attention to uh, those who went to fight. And... There's a certain embarrassment in, in that. 30 years later, a couple of Vietnam vets came to Bellow's metal shop and asked him if they could help him with a sculpture he was working on at the time. That collaboration eventually led to this project. They've been at it almost a decade, working outside Bellow's home in rural Boulder County. He estimates that 50 or 60 people, veterans and non-veterans, have contributed serious volunteer time to the project. There's a core group of eight or nine, including Bob Lacey, and Andy Morris, another Vietnam vet and a retired military officer. So I still don't think I'm an artist, but uh, I have fun poking fun at Robert and saying, you know, is this this feather exactly the way you want it to be bent? Morris and his son built an eight-foot forge on the property to help craft some of the largest metal feathers. It's a place I can work with my hands, which I find very soothing, if that's the word for it. I just think it's wonderful. I wish we could find a place to put it when it's all done. God knows when that'll be. Sculptor Robert Bellows estimates it'll take another three to five years to finish the sculptures. Then they hope to place them in a large park somewhere so that it can become a peaceful community gathering place and a place that can help veterans heal. Bob Lacey. My hope is that the story field will save other veterans 20 or 30 years of struggle and pain in in trying to heal from their experience of war. Uh, And if that happens, I I will feel like we have and I I have uh, done a great service. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Sam Fuqua in Boulder County. That story from KGNU was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KZMU. The Grand Canyon won't see a beach building flood this fall for the fourth year in a row. KNAU's Melissa Sivany reports it's because of low water levels in Lake Powell. 
The U.S. Bureau of Reclamation, with advice from stakeholders, determined that releasing an artificial flood from Glen Canyon Dam this year would create unacceptable risks to water delivery obligations and to hydropower. But the number one concern was smallmouth bass, a non-native fish discovered below the dam earlier this year. Agency spokesperson Clarence Fullard says they're a threat to native fish. A high flow experiment would bump up flows and potentially redistribute those juvenile swimmer bass downstream into the marble and and, uh, Grand Canyons. Lack of sediment or lack of water has stymied the flood program since 2018. Scientists say periodic high water releases are necessary to rebuild sandbars, which are vital for wildlife habitat and campsites. I'm Melissa Sivany. Grand County Commission will meet on Tuesday. Maggie McGuire of the Moab Sun News gives us a preview of the commission's agenda. Items under consideration by the Grand County Commission this week include some zoning changes, a possible vote on the alternative dwelling pilot, which would permit shelters like RV parks and campsites to be considered workforce housing, and a letter in support of a Moab City grant request for state funds for the construction of a new childcare facility in conjunction with Moab Community Childcare and the Moab Free Health Clinic. Grand County Commission meetings are held on the first and third Tuesday of every month at 4 p.m. and streamed online on the Grand County, Utah YouTube page. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, November 14th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.